The future of work is constantly shifting and fast. How can you keep up? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Future of Work Conversations, a podcast all about the intersection of human talent and leadership in the shifting world of work. Whether you're a CHRO leading a human resources function or a business leader, this podcast brings together experts, decision makers, and C-suites to discuss everything impacting the changing world of work and how companies are shifting to become future-proof. Everything starts with the employee experience. That's what David Henderson, CHRO of Zurich Insurance Group, told Gordana Landon, our Chief Human Resources Officer in the latest episode of our Future of Work conversation series. Employers need to start looking at their employees as the essence of their competitive advantage. That means digital upskilling, better understanding the role of AI, and using data and analytics to drive human resources. Here's the full conversation. Hi, David. Nice to meet you again. Uh, it's a true pleasure to have you here with us. So, David, there are a couple of questions with, which I would love to ask you and also get your insights around. If you look at the HR function and the way it has evolved over the past years, and especially now after the, the pandemic crisis, uh, to become a more strategic function, can you elaborate a little bit and share your thinking with me? Yes. Well, hi, Gordana, and, and great to be back uh, with you again. I think the, the HR function has had to evolve um, quite substantially. In fact, I think I, the, the period we're living in, probably for all of us, is the most seismic shift in terms of how we think about HR. And I think particularly the purpose agenda comes through very strongly. Uh, well-being comes through very strongly and you know putting measures in place whereby I think employers really look at employees as being the essence of their competitive advantage and if you think about how we support customers how we support other stakeholders everything starts with employee experience so I think um, maximizing that employee experience coming to terms with what that means in the in the hybrid environment that we're living through, uh, focusing on well-being um, as a real priority, uh, physical well-being, of course, but also mental, financial, social well-being. Those aspects become critically important, I think, uh, for us to concentrate on as an employer. And I would also say that, you know, the fundamental truth in most organizations is um, your people are either uh, the risk factor or the competitive advantage for you. And I, I prefer to see people much more as the competitive advantage. And if you've got your operating model correct, if you've got the right capabilities in your organization, if you've got the right levels of motivation and engagement, uh, things that have always been true, then I think you can have a superior advantage in the marketplace that radiates out to customers and to other shareholders and for Zurich, as with, with, with many other companies, of course, we're not thinking about performance through the narrow lens of just financial performance, but increasingly thinking about this in a multi-stakeholder world and increasingly thinking about our purpose-based, our sustainability-based obligations in addition to those obligations we have to our shareholders. We, we live in a multi-stakeholder, multi-shareholder world, and I think for that reason, 
Uh, in particular, this is another vector of change that we're, that we're going through as an organization. So certainly a very exciting time uh, to be in HR, and I think one in which the strategic contribution of the function has probably never been greater. Thinking a little bit about what you were saying about skills and having the right skills, what would you say that uh, you have seen that has changed with regards to the skills required today uh, for a CHRO compared to in the past? What skills will, do you believe will be one of the outmost important ones to actually acquire and also strengthen even more for the function? I think in, in organizations now, um, the HR role has to be capable of influencing without direct authority. And uh, I think that's a broader shift that we've seen in leadership, but I think it's particularly key for, for, for human resources where you have to inspire and you have to create collective effort through the organization so that you know the people priorities that we have as a function are really carried out root and branch by every manager, by every employee that, that is part of the enterprise. So this ability to influence and inspire, but also provide the right tools, uh, the right resources, so that people can give their best, no matter whether you're a leader in the organization, a, a, a manager, a, a frontline employee, um, everyone feeling that they're equipped and supported. And so that influence with direct authority would be one. I, another is uh, a role that's always been there, but I think it becomes even more critical is this, this role of employee champion. Um, and, and I think HR really needs to be the, the cheerleader, the spokesperson at the heart of that relationship of listening and acting um, on, on feedback. Um, in Zurich, we've, we've really spent a lot of time in the last four or five years adapting our listening capabilities um, and also driving more ideation through the organization bottom up uh, as opposed to top down. And so I think having that very non-hierarchical view and uh, having listening and acting, whether that's in our case, that's organizational health, that's ENPS, regular surveys, but also encouraging managers to engage directly with employees. So employee experience is, is really critical for us and uh, that, that is the, the second area. And the third area, I would say that HR has to play a, a more agile role is, is, is the role of organizational architect. And architecture is a good term, I think, for what HR has to do because it's a blend of science and art. Um, there's the te technology side, there's the hardware side, there's the tooling, the resourcing, but there's also the softer side of how we build skills and behaviors into the organization as well. And I think HR needs to be the, the, the role that brings all of this together in a cohesive way, such that everyone kind of can join the dots together and understands how the different component parts of this complex operating model that every organization has its degree of complexity, uh, it, it makes sense somehow. And uh, all of this weaves together to create a more synergistic impact in terms of the organizational impact that we're looking to drive. Interesting, yeah, it's like an orchestrator in the, in the, 
in the music or the orchestra, bringing it all together and being the glue uh, for everyone. Um, thinking a little bit what you were saying about the tools and the technology for, and in particular then for HR, what 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 tools and technology? What what do you think will what 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 will it play for? And the importance of having the right technology and the tools for the HR functions. How, how have you seen that evolving and what do you think will be important for the HR function going forward? I think there's, 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 there's maybe three ways I would come at this. The first is, 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 is uh, there's a requirement obviously for everyone in the organization to upskill digitally. And that's true for HR, but it's also true in terms of how HR needs to be part of that journey of digital upskilling. And uh, combining with the technology impact, obviously we've seen a lot of technology being rolled out over the last 18 to 24 months. Um, some of it in response to the pandemic, but other uh, platforms that we're seeing part of our normal technology ramp up and that's going to continue. So we have to take employees with us on that journey. And I think the HR role is, is, is pivotal there in terms of learning, development, and making sure that we've got the right level of skills in the organization as individuals are becoming more adept at using technology. That's the, the, the first area. The second is obviously uh, the seismic shift that technology will have on our organization more broadly in terms of automating uh, processes that are currently done by humans in different parts of the of, of, of the organization. And actually, you know, we did quite a lot of work on this uh, a couple of years ago, looking at workforce planning. And we found that, in fact, while most ro roles will be impacted by technology, the majority will be augmented, not automated. So again, it comes back to supporting people to deal with this augmentation. And for those people who are in roles that may be automated, it's our re responsibility, I think, to reskill and upskill and try to put as much focus on getting people ready for other roles in the organization so that they can be redeployed so that we can fulfill our work sustainability uh, commitments. And the third area, which is, I think is very exciting, is how we can use technology within HR to drive a better employee experience, how we can use data and analytics, um, areas like you know, analytics on, on, on some of the Microsoft tools that we're using right now, how we can get more effective at running meetings, at, at managing the hybrid model, but also areas like uh, skills development. We, we're, we're working uh, on, a, on, a, on a tool with people analytics called Skills Gym which will provide employees within Zurich with the ability to map their skills against other opportunities in the organization and look at where there are transferable skills and capabilities that they could potentially carry with them into other roles. So this is a, an AI-enabled tool and it gives a, a vastly improved ability for employees to think about skill development and career development. Areas like this, I think, are, are going to be, uh, you know, coming very quickly at us, and I think very exciting developments in the field. I'm thinking a little bit about the pandemic and the crisis and the way how it has impacted both the organization, but also the people, but also the leadership. Can you speak a little bit to me about how? it has made you to change your way of working and what impact it had had on the organization and 
how you have been managing to really put the people at the center and how it will impact your work going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is I'm just extraordinarily proud and, and privileged to work in an organization that, that really came to terms with this crisis in the way that, that we have within Zurich. The first thing uh, to mention is I think we, we took a view early in the pandemic, uh, Gordana, that we were not going to furlough or lay off employees, rather we were going to look to reskill and redeploy people. And in so many of our businesses, um, we had initiatives that were about rapid redeployment of capabilities to support, again, our work sustainability commitment to avoid uh, job losses and uh, the negative impacts of the, of the crisis. So that was a huge effort. In countries like Spain, for example, we had a program called Talent in Motion. Um, this is a program where we took people from claims, from contact center roles into other parts of the organization. And there are many, many examples of having done that. So I think that was important. I think the second area was, was all about well-being and connectivity uh, during this pandemic. Um, we recognized that certainly for leaders, uh, it was going to be very, very important that they drove a culture of staying connected to their people, um, but also building new capabilities uh, such as working in a, in a remote working environment. And we created a, a webinar series that we rolled out um, top to bottom across the organization, both for employees and for managers. We called it Zurich Never Stops. And it was really about you know, building skills in the areas of well-being, um, manager support in the, in the model and, and, and areas like this. Um, one area I was really proud of was the, uh, the hospitalization benefit that we brought forward for all employees very early in the process as a, as a, as a risk management company and as an insurer. We, we brought a benefit very quickly to all employees that should they or any loved ones you know, be unfortunately hospitalized during this period, Zurich would meet their, uh, their expenses and their costs. So it was, a, it was a form of insurance that we rolled out to all employees. We looked at COVID bonuses for uh, some of our lowest paid uh, frontline employees uh, during the last year to make sure that really no one was left behind given the financial challenges. So really it's at a whole written branch approach across the organization whilst we managed through the eye of the storm. And, and I'd say, you know, in some parts of the world, obviously, as we're sitting here today, they're still very much in that, in that, in that situation, uh, unfortunately. And then obviously, as we've, as we've been sort of working through more of a normalized situation or a return to more of a normalized situation, giving real thought over to the hybrid work model um, and how that plays out, we already had quite a lot of flexibility in place in terms of our working practices mm -hmm. and ability mm -hmm. uh, for employees to work uh, flexibly through the week. But that's taken, a, a, I'd say, a, a, a different turn again. And so we're now experimenting with hybrid work. We've got uh, certain models in place across the organization that are part work from home, part work from office. Um, we're trying to encourage people to take their own accountability to match the nature of work to the location of work. So we've managed this really through principles rather than through policies up until this point. And of course, we're all learning as we, uh, as, we, as we go along here in terms of how these different models are working. But I would say there's a, there's a, there's a lot to uh, 
some silver lining to some of the clouds that we've seen in terms of how this can, I think, improve ways of working uh, actually for the better as well. So um, I think that's that's been a big part of the journey for us all in HR, I'm sure in every organization over recent months. It seems like many things and many programs you have been putting forward is really to make sure that you cater for your people. Another kind of question that pops up to my mind is that we clearly see and we see it through research as well that post-pandemic now that the biggest impact has actually been on female workers. And we also start to see more and more female workers actually not returning back to work or have been impacted severely by um, the pandemic and the crisis as such. What is your organization doing in particular more to focus on making sure that females are able and capable and supported in the right way to be able to return back to work? It's well documented that the pandemic has had a disproportionate impact on women. Uh, and uh, that's true in the workplace as well as in, in, in other aspects of society. and. Uh, we're certainly very conscious and aware of that. We've done a number of things. Um, firstly, as I mentioned, you know, providing as much flexibility as possible uh, for all our employees, you know, to work around other life priorities that they have. And I think hybrid work actually helps here, takes us further in that direction. And our own research within the company has shown that uh, uh, oftentimes uh, women need that level of uh, flexibility, perhaps more than, than male counterparts because of obligations that they have. Uh, the, other, the other things that we've been doing are really trying to enable um, an equal playing field for men and women within the organization. A couple of things there, uh, we harmonized parental leave um, so that both men and women um, can have equal uh, parental leave and then couples can decide who takes yeah. the burden of childcare uh, rather than it always falling to the woman, which can sometimes, you know, result in unintended but negative consequences in terms of career development. So we took that step. We also took the step to ensure that we have equal pay for equivalent work across all of our markets. Yeah. So we work with Edge and we have a certified tool where we look market by market at every uh, country where we have 100 or more employees to be statistically relevant. And we take action to ensure that we have full compliance with the equal pay for equivalent, uh, equivalent work across the group. And then in terms of hiring practices, a number of very interesting things. Uh, one is we found um, in markets like the UK, uh, by opening all jobs, and I mean all jobs up to and including uh, senior executive levels, as part-time we had a major increase in the number of women uh, who were applying for roles, as much as 40% of an increase. So part-time is, a, is uh, you know, something that's been around forever, but it's not always been opened up as part of the active selection process. And in fact, in Australia, in our Covermore business, um, a related initiative to that is what we call the Puffling Program. It's a rather nice name. <laughs> And the Puffling program is, is where two people can apply for the same job. 
and uh, this has been really well received um, and uh, managers that have kind of engaged in that program have said wow I've now got you know one plus one equals three because you've got the full week covered but with two different people that maybe bring slightly different skills that can augment and complement one another so this is another uh, topic that we're looking at closely and seeing how can we lift and shift some of these approaches which have proven to be successful across other markets. Seems like you are doing a lot of great, of great things, David. And uh, I must say, it was a true pleasure to have you here and to talk to you and also have you to share all great things you are doing at Zurich Insurance. It was really uh, wonderful. And uh, I would like to extend my warmest thanks to you and wish you a great rest of the day. Take care. Thanks very much, Gordana. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Future of Work Conversations. For more information about the ADECO Group and the latest insights on the world of work, head over to our website at www.adecogroup.com. Did you like this episode? Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you have any questions or topics you would like us to explore, please email us at futureofwork at adecogroup.com. Don't worry, we don't spam. Until next time, thanks for listening.